Welcome to the Florida Travel Podcast, episode 21, about road tripping the A1A. The Florida Travel Podcast is a podcast to help Florida residents and visitors get the most out of the Sunshine State. I'm Tanya. And I'm Christina. And this week, we are sponsored by Bookshop. Bookshop is an online bookstore that allows you to shop both your local bookstore or bookshops across the country. We use Bookshop to compile our favorite road trip resources, fun beach reads, or classic favorites. It's easy to use, and each purchase supports the bookstore you choose. Or if you don't choose a bookstore, proceeds are divided among hundreds of bookstores across the country. Visit floridatravelpod.com slash bookshop to see our must-read lists and start shopping today. So this week, we're going to talk about road trips, and specifically A1A. Christina, what's A1A? Beachfront Avenue. That's right. I can't say A1A without singing the Ice Ice Baby song. But before we talk about road trips, let's go into our Florida tip of the week. This week, we're going to talk about toll roads. Good I know, but if you are road tripping in Florida, (laughs) it is a necessary sort of evil. Uh, There are toll roads all over the place in Florida. Especially Central Florida, the majority of roads are toll roads. I think so, yeah. So if you're coming from out of town, you can expect to hit a toll road. The cost varies depending on what road you hit. Some of the big ones are the Florida Turnpike, the Beachline Expressway. 417. 417, 429. I mean, I know there's a lot of numbers in there as well. They all have names and numbers, just FYI. Alligator Alley, which is the I-75 between Miami and Naples, also always charge tolls. The good thing is, is... A lot of out-of-state um, toll tags work here, too. I was just going to talk about that. So for our residents, of course, they're all used to the Sun Pass. That's the electronic reader where the tolls are deducted. However, there's also a UniPass, U-N-I, which is, is part of an e-pass. It covers... Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Maine, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and Kentucky. That was a mouthful. It was. And hey, I'm also proud that I I know all my state abbreviations because I read that off of an abbreviation. That's like one of those puzzles. (laughs) Reading the color... The word red, but the color is blue. <laughs> so if you have a uni or an e-pass from one of those states, you can safely safely travel. You can safely travel without getting a ticket or without getting a toll by plate. If you don't have one of those, you can still do uh, where they take a snapshot of your license plate and you're going to get electronic. You're going to get a bill in the mail. That one's a little bit more expensive just because they do tack on a service charge. Uh, and a lot of those toll plazas don't have people anymore. So there's not as that many of them are taking cash tolls. Exactly. So plan ahead. You can buy a Sun Pass if you are just visiting the state and just put money on it and then deduct the money You know when you get home. Or you can use your UniPass. But I would say, yes, definitely don't plan to pay in cash if you can avoid it. And Tanya. Yes, ma'am. Don't forget your sunscreen. Especially when you're road tripping. So Tanya. Yes, ma'am. What is the big deal 
I'm getting called ma'am. I know. I don't know where that came from. I don't know either, but I don't like it. Okay. I will won't do it anymore. What is the big deal about A1A? Well, it's Beachfront Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) And here we go. A1A is all along the Atlantic coast of Florida. It goes from Jacksonville to south of Miami, I think, right? Yeah. It pretty it drives out over the water. Does it really? Yeah, I, I mean, like Causeway I've style. Done portions of A one A. It it is your. I mean, it, you can't describe it any better than it is your beachfront avenue. It is the road that runs alongside of the beaches all along the eastern side of the state. If you wanted to beachfront park, no beachfront drive your way down the state of Florida and just beach hop all the way down for a whole trip, you can do it on A one A. I know people who have done from Jacksonville to the Keys. Just beach, beach hopping? Just A1A <laughs> yeah. the entire time. Yeah. I. It depends on, you know, if you're not in a hurry, do it because you're definitely going to go at a slower pace down A1A. Yeah, it's like a highway. It's just a regular good old stop and go road. Right. It is in the middle of all of the beachfront towns. Yeah, you'll see all the beachfront stuff. And you see, that's the great thing about it too, is you see... All of the beach shops, like, you know, the famous Ron John surf shop is going to be on A1A in Cocoa Beach. But you have surf shops and beachfront stores all along the coast. And restaurants. Yes, we're going to talk a lot about some of those. We decided we're going to break A1A up. We're going to do our road trip series. And we're going to bring you some different road trip ideas throughout uh, our season and this week we're going to cover Jacksonville to Daytona. Which seems like a small distance. It does. When it's you a, look at the map of Florida. It's about this big. <laughs> that big. That big, Tanya. Right, because you can see what I'm doing, I right? I should take a picture and then put that in there. That big. It, right. It doesn't seem like a lot, especially when we're talking how long A1A is. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the things that we're talking about can be a little day trip down A1A, but they can also be an overnight stay. So if you wanted to say, okay, I'm going to do A1A, I'm going to travel from Jacksonville down to Daytona Beach, you could probably turn that into several days of a trip. Or you could just decide, I'm going to pick two or three stops, stop in really quick, get to the next stop, stop in really quick, and just do it over a day or, you know, one overnight little trip. Absolutely. Uh, so some of the, yeah, so we're going to talk, um, we're, we'll continue to talk more about A1A. So if you're looking for the full, the full ride, well, you'll just have to combine episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to hang on for the ride. <laughs> the first place we want to get started though, is Fernandina beach. Fernandina looks to me to be the start of A1A. If you're at the very North East corner of Jacksonville, It is a historic district of 50 plus blocks. We love these little small towns and especially when they're a beach town Mm -hmm. as well. I think this is really cool. It's on the National Register of Historic Places. That means it's an automatic. We love it. (laughs) It's charming. It's cute. It's got all of these old shops to discover downtown. There are 400 plus historic structures inside of Fernanda Beach, Fernandina Beach, you can look at historic homes, churches, commercial buildings. I'm there. That sounds amazing. All right, Fernandina Beach. So now we're off to Amelia Island. So you can start in Fernandina Beach, visit a couple of historic places, and then 
pack up your lunch and head over to Amelia Island. The Amelia Island Lighthouse is in Fernandana Beach and it overlooks Egan's Creek, the St. Mary's River and its entrance to the Atlantic Ocean. It's Florida's most northern lighthouse and it's the oldest existing lighthouse in Florida. The lighthouse is open to the public on Saturdays for three hours. Well, I wonder why it's only three hours. I think that they also open to tours at other points for if you've made like a reservation or house. Oh, so, yeah. I very think, cool. I think there's there's other times that they're open, but they just happen to be like, oh, here, it's wide open. Come on in these three hours on Saturday. I love lighthouses. Yeah. And what better way to explore the coast than to climb a lighthouse? Yep. What What a view those are. All right. So next one. Oh, so, oh, I guess that's me. Uh, we talked about the Timaquan Ecological Preserve on our National Parks episode and Kingsley Plantation in Fort Caroline. All of those are located on A1A. I'm not going to go into too much detail. That episode you can find on, it's episode 14, where we talk about the national parks in Florida. But again, it's right there on A1A if you're looking for something historical and different to do and not just all beachside shops and dining, stop into the Ecological Preserve and take a tour. My favorite part of any trip, (laughs) any road trip, is food. We do mention food a lot. We do. I took a trip to Jacksonville Beach not all that long ago. So we're going to move down. We're going to move down the coast to Jacksonville Beach. And there's some really cool foodie destinations. I was delighted to find how many different foodie, you know, gourmet and unique foods there are right there. My favorite was a uh, Gilbert's Hot Chicken Fish and Shrimp. What in the world? Oh, this was... Hot chicken? Oh, yeah. The best hot sauce I've ever had. You know, great southern fried chicken with jalapeno cheddar biscuits. It is... uh, the, The chef is a top chef. Oh, fun. Yes. So you're going... You know you're getting a good... You know you're getting good food. The mac and cheese was so impressive as well in and there are you know if you don't like hot sauce you can get it without the hot they ask you do you want hot or not but I was so impressed with the flavor of the hot sauce I bought some to take home that's one of my favorite places up there I also really like Maple Street Biscuit Company have you been to Maple Street Biscuits before no they have a few locations across the state of Florida in the southeast There is one. It originated in Jacksonville. Again, maple and biscuits. You've got, it's just drenched in that uh, cream cheese sauce. Absolutely delicious. They have, though, where you can get biscuits with eggs, fried chicken. You could get a club sandwich. They're open for breakfast and lunch. And they're an easy, they're an easy stop right off of the A1A. Um. I'm sorry, but I'm scrolling through here and I see this and I have to ask about it. Okay. 
the Alhambra Theater and Dining, that picture, I'm like, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go there so bad. That looks so cool. It's the Alhambra Theater and Dining is a dining theater. They have a full season of Broadway shows. They're a little bit off of A1A. It's definitely, if you're staying in that area and you're exploring A1A, it's worth the trip off the highway (laughs) to go. And dinner is included and it's always three courses and it's great entertainment. I mean, if you haven't been to a dinner show, I highly recommend visiting. That's awesome. The Alhambra Theater and Dining. Next up. All right. This one is really kind of cool. The Caddyshack Wildlife Sanctuary. So their primary focus is rescue cats. So they rescue cats from serious situations. They're all kinds of cats. And I'm not talking like, what was that show? The really bad one. Um, with Carol. Something. Oh, the, the Tiger King. Yeah, we're not talking like that. This Carol is Baskin. like real legit. Um, they, they get to live at Caddyshack Ranch. Um, so we're not talking, we're not talking house cats. No, no, we're not talking house cats. <laughs> Although they're, I'm sure they've got house cats there, but, um, they, they don't breed, sell or trade their animals. Um, their current animals include tigers, lions, cougars, leopards, bobcats, Arctic foxes. And I have no idea what this is. A Cota Mundus. Mundis. Say that again. Kawadi Mundis. The last two are honorary cats. Yes, I didn't think foxes were cats. Kawadis are something I've I actually saw in the wild in Costa Rica. They kind of look like the cross between a lemur and a raccoon. So cool. They have medical volunteers. Um, and they take you on a 45 minute guided walking tour and then you're allowed to walk around the area after you're done, but such a cool little place and not normal type of, you know, visit when you're thinking of traveling down A1A. So I thought that was a neat little ad, the Caddyshack Wildlife Sanctuary. I think that's such an important point. We, I mean, we've, we've mentioned this a little bit. It's not it is beachfront avenue, but you can wander off the beach a little bit and get a full, well-rounded experience driving down the coast of Florida. Yep, definitely. Mandarin, Florida. You found this one. I want you to go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about Mandarin, Florida. So Mandarin, Florida is sort of when you picture old Florida, you um, are probably seeing a picture from Mandarin. Little historic town with old Florida history. Mandarin's probably the most most famous as Florida's most famous for being the home of um, Harriet Beecher Stowe, who wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin. Um, So this is, uh, my son loves those uh, books, the weird but true books. And this place, (laughs) this place immediately made me think of weird but true. Clark's Fish Camp is a historic seafood restaurant in Mandarin. And the weird but true part is it's known for having the world's largest taxidermy collection okay (laughs) could you imagine walking into a restaurant and there's like all this taxidermy all over the place i mean (laughs) at least i think we're just forewarned to the people because i think some people would find it scary oh right (laughs) some people would find it haunting yeah (laughs) others would find it very cool and and like and like like oh, it's typical old Florida history. Like that is, <laughs> that is it does feel like such a Florida right? thing. Right, <laughs> it's such a old Florida history thing, right? So Mandarin, Florida, is just a unique little stop that um, brings you back a little to old Florida. I love it. Yeah. Next on our list is in ma- the. I want to hear you say this <sighs> so bad. I want okay. you to say the whole thing. Guana Tolomato Matanzas National Estarine. 
How'd I do? I'll give you an 80. An 80? Maybe 82. I think that deserved a hundred percent. I don't know. We'll have to <laughs> we'll have to get some ratings for Tanya on I her pronunciation. Didn't know we were grading. No. I'm I'm always judging over here. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> so glad we do this together. <laughs> this is uh, part of the Tolomato and Guana River estuaries. We oh. learned about those. We did. Can you remind me again what that means? They're like the little, they, they're basically, I'll just give you a generic. It's like a little tiny river that comes in off of the ocean. Okay. And it's brackish water. Thank you. Salt, because half salt, half, half fresh. I can never remember what that is. However, at the Guana Tolomato Matanzas National Estuarine, there are 10 miles of trails through a variety of preserved habitats as well as scenic boardwalks along A1A that provide three separate beach access points. It's a great place to then hike and horseback ride and fish and kayak and then head to the beach. Yep. I love it. With beach combing. Beach combing. I love beach combing. I can't. I can't. I know you're not allowed, I'm but not. I am. <laughs> so you sit in timeout while I go beach comb. <laughs> Man, I'm getting graded and a timeout. <laughs> it's a bad day at school for you. You're on a red card. Oh, I didn't even get a yellow card first. Oh, you got the... All right, well... well okay. We'll, okay. St. <laughs> Augustine Lighthouse and Maritime Museum in St. Augustine. Of course, we have several... We have two episodes that talk about St. Augustine. We have episode two where we give an overview of St. Augustine. And then we have episode 12 where Places we stay, to stay in St. Augustine. So we're not going to go too much in depth in St. Augustine, but obviously it's right there along the A1A, so we can't and skip I'm, over it. The thing I like about St. August, this particular part of St. Augustine, since we're not going into depth, there's a million things you can do in St. Augustine. That's like more than a day trip all on its own. So that's why, listen to the other episodes. But if you're just <laughs> driving down A1A and you want a quick stop in St. Augustine, this place is a great place to go, the, the Maritime Museum and the Lighthouse. I love this lighthouse because it's not right on the ocean. Because the landscape has changed so much since oh, that lighthouse yes. has been put there, mm -hmm. it's it feels very odd that you're driving through the through the land because you're not driving through the water. You're driving not towards the coast. It feels like you're driving away from the coast when you go to the St. Augustine Lighthouse. I also, so I've been... I was going to tell you, tell me, what's the dark moon tour? The dark of the moon tour is when dark you, you can moon. climb the St. Augustine Lighthouse. They are open um, seven days a week. Uh, double and check you don't have hours. to be four feet tall to do it? You don't have to be four feet tall to do it. There was one we found that was... <laughs> we, we were looking at lighthouses and there was one that said, you can climb it if you're under four feet tall. <laughs> I said, okay, we'll send the kids. <laughs> But the St. Augustine Lighthouse, I've climbed a couple of times. It's a great overview of seeing the entire city and all of the wildlife and nature from atop the lighthouse. But they have a dark of the moon tour. Can you imagine hitting, climbing that lighthouse at night? Mm, that sounds amazing. And the view of the stars and the Especially view of the Especially on a moon. nice clear day or night, clear night. They do a guided walk through the Keeper's House and the St. Augustine Lighthouse Tower. Your guide will share true tales from the history of our light station. And uh, I mean, you're not just climbing the lighthouse. You're getting a tour yep. for this dark of the moon. Oh, ghost tour, I should say. Nice. 
We like ghost tours in this group here. <laughs> the next one I found is Marine Land. Have you hadn't heard of Marine no, Land? No, I hadn't. In fact, we actually mistook it for a, a city. But well, it is now a city. We, but now we've learned there's more to it. It is a city. It's south of St. Augustine. Marine Land is it's called Marine Land of Florida, but it's usually just called Marine Land. It's one of Florida's first marine mammal parks. And it's billed as the world's first oceanarium. Hmm. So it functions as the entertainment, swim with the dolphins. You can see sea turtles, sand tiger sharks, experience all of their history and get involved in their conservation efforts. What is really cool is that the town of Marine Land was incorporated in 1940 and it, excuse me, it has a long history that dates back, you know, when the first Native Americans were in that area. But the fact that it is both an attraction and a town, I think is something incredibly unique to Florida. Where else are you going to go and say, I'm going to go to Marine Land? Are you going to the town or the attraction? <laughs> both. <laughs> it's sort of like this all encompassing. We live here and we play here. Exactly. You can kayak through the estuaries, which I recently have learned. And you can, you can definitely go back a few episodes and learn a little more. I've got some links because you're going to check the show notes. <laughs> Absolutely. But Marie, I, I love that it is a marine mammal park. This is something different than SeaWorld. It is a little bit more all encompassing and they have conservation efforts and I believe there's even something about a movie that was there. It's on their webpage, though. I'll have it to. It is on their webpage, and I'm going to go there at some point and come back and talk to you about it. Or you can find it and interrupt me. Okay. Because <laughs> you're going to talk about the next thing. I'll talk about the next thing, which is Flagler Beach. Flagler Beach, south of Marineland. Again, this is an adorable town south of Marineland, south of St. Augustine, even. So it's kind of halfway in between. Daytona and St. Augustine. Flagler Beach has hundreds of nature trails. And what I found, the, the thing I found was Bull Creek Fish Camp. This is a restaurant alongside a bait and tackle shop and a campground. And it's got sweeping views of the lake and perhaps probably the best waterside sunset in a region otherwise known for its oceanside sunrises. Make sure you try Bull Creek seafood like fried gator tails, peel and eat shrimp, low country boil for authentic Florida meals. I mean, you can't get better seafood than the place that sells the bait to catch the seafood, right? So, okay, I'm going to interrupt you now. Go back to Marine Land. Bernie the Dolphin. Bernie the Dolphin. The, now they're going to film a second one or they did film a second one. Okay. They did film a second one. So two Bernie the Dolphins have been filmed at Marine Land. However... Also at Marine Land has had um, Marine Circus in 1939, The Sea Around Us in 1953, Creature from the Black Lagoon Ooh. in 1954, Revenge of the Creature in 55, and Secrets of the Reef in 56. So it's got a little bit of history with the movies. That's amazing. And, you know, you mentioned a couple of those. I thought those were in Ocala. I thought some of those were filmed in Ocala. It says all... Or some of the scenes in the following films were shot at Marineland. So they took it outside of Ocala and, and filmed mm -hmm. over there as well. Because, yep. you know, when you need a lagoon. But in the 50s and the 30s, that's really cool. 
That is really cool. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about Ocala in an upcoming episode. And we can talk a little bit about those films that were made up there. And now we know some of them were made in Marine Land. What a what a great trip, too. That should be something else we (laughs) talk about is all the things that were filmed in Florida. Yep. Okay, let's go to Tomoka State Park real quick. I went out here and kayaked not all that long ago. It was a great place to launch. It is a state park and campground. What's nice about Tomoka State Park, it is uh, Native. It is dedicated to the Native Americans in that area. They have in um, history about the Tomoka chief and the Tomoka Indians. You can hike trails in Tomoka State Park, and again, right off of A One A. It's a great little stop to get some nature and some Native American history on. I love those state parks like that. Yes, we've got to do a state park episode at some point, too. All right, so moving on to Ponce de Leon Lighthouse. At 175 feet, the Ponce de Leon Inlet Lighthouse is Florida's tallest lighthouse. It's 203 spiral steps to the top, but the view... Of the world-famous Daytona Beach is spectacular. Afterward, explore nature trails and the tour the grounds and museum that's there. Man, if we're climbing all these lighthouses, we're going to get some good exercise in. And we need to find food. Oh, where can we go to find food? How about the boardwalk? (laughs) Under the boardwalk? Or over, beside, (laughs) on the beach, around the corner, wherever, at the boardwalk. We've hit the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach is just, I mean, you kind of have to go there at least once. Daytona Beach is so world-renowned. It's another family-friendly must-see. Um, it, uh, there's a carnival um, extravaganza right there on the beach with the boardwalk. You can play games, ride the Ferris wheel. Uh, there's a roller coaster. Um, Fun. Yep. Before retreating into some calm waters. I don't know that that's a good description. Calm waters. I, I think it depends on the day. This is true. I mean, we were there recently and it was pretty, it was pretty uh, not calm. We couldn't use the boogie boards, but that's a good thing because then you can get some surfing in. Right. <laughs> it's a great place to surf. And uh, I guess there are some days where you can do just boogie boarding and, but it is a great beach and to have a boardwalk right there. I'm sure there's plenty of good carnival food. Oh, that's a great suggestion. I do love that Daytona is, you know, their sign into Daytona Beach is the world's most famous beach. So again, yeah, you have to go there. You have to go. Because we got to see everything that's famous, right? Absolutely. All right, Christina, rapid fire. Where would you like to go along our A1A trip? Okay, I got to I gotta say that theater, the dinner theater. Okay. Probably be, what's it called again? Alhambra. Yeah, yeah. Um, Amelia Island. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, I got to go right with that carnival on the beach. I want to go to the boardwalk. I mean, I think I've been there once in my life, but I'd go back. Deal. Deal. Let's do it. All right. I would go to, I would also go to Fernandina Beach and explore all of the history in that cute downtown. We'll have some pictures up on our website too. I think I would do the Dark, Dark of, of the, the Moon, moon. ghost tour at <laughs> yeah. St. Augustine. I love climbing lighthouses. And so speaking of lighthouses, I'd also do Ponce de Leon lighthouse because we haven't climbed that one yet. I think one of these times when we do a rapid fire like this, we should predict what the other person Oh, I like say. it. I like it. All right. You ready? I'm it's ready. time for our Florida featured product of the week. 
Each week, we share our favorite Florida products from small businesses throughout the state. This week's featured product is the Spice and Tea Exchange. Yeah. It was founded in 2008 by a group of talented individuals with a passion for life and food. What started as a small shop in St. Augustine has quickly grown into a nationwide franchise powered by flavor, passionate franchise owners, and a desire to bring flavorful ingredients to your kitchen. There's spices for food, teas, sugar. They have a bourbon black walnut sugar. Wellness blends for detox, cold, and flu, and immunity. These are some of the amazing products that are Florida-inspired flavors. And then there's a section on their website for all of these recipe things that things that they've made that you can include in their recipes. Oh, I like it. Did you check out the there? You can find them at thespiceandtea.com. Did you check out their sunshine blend? No. This is my favorite. I've actually tried this. I love this. It's a flavored salt. And they, you can use it on anything really, but it's sea salt, orange zest, uh, peppercorns, ginger, lemon zest, lime zest. How much more Florida can you so get? I was just about to say, sounds very Florida-y. I think that's why we chose them this week for our <laughs> featured product of the week. Where can we find the Florida Travel Pod? Florida Travel Pod can be found on Facebook and Instagram at Florida Travel Pod. And this is also the best place to comment with your favorite tips and ideas about anything that we talked about. Tell us, have you visited somewhere on A1A? Make sure to comment. Um, Check the show notes. Check the show notes in your favorite podcast (laughs) player and visit floridatravelpod.com slash blog for links and more details about everything that you heard in today's episode. You can also reach out to us on email at hello at floridatravelpod.com. You can support the Florida Travel Pod by following us and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast player. This helps others discover our content. For example, we got from Brian lots of information in a fun format. He said, Christina and Tanya have a natural chemistry that comes of being friends for a long time. Except maybe not after today, since she graded me. <laughs> I'm judging. <laughs> Thanks, Brian, We for a great review. Uh, if you enjoy our content, consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon, when you choose to donate monthly or even a one-time donation, helps us bring you the best content. When you donate, our supporters will get shout-outs, postcards, stickers, and more, depending on your level of support. And we may even have some surprises along the way. Next week, we're going to talk about hurricane safety and travels. Upcoming June. That's it for this week. I'm Tanya. I'm Christina. Stay sunny, everyone. Everyone.